We discussed trades that would make the Baltimore Ravens unstoppable. All that and more coming up next here on this episode of Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host here with you, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming at you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you so much for being here and making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On Ravens. We are free and available, whether that is in audio form, anywhere you get your audio podcasts, or in video form on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And again, we are a five day a week Ravens podcast where we bring your Ravens news, analysis, updates. This team is five and two. They're living large after that thirty eight to six victory over the Lions, and we have you covered again every single weekday plus we do live shows after every single ravens game and after every big piece of ravens news which could include maybe a ravens trade so tell a friend tell a family member we, we have them covered with their ravens coverage over here on locked on ravens here today though i do want to dive more into the trade conversation because we are one week away from the nfl trade deadline it is coming up for us on halloween and the ravens even after coming off of a huge win have opportunities to improve. And that was the message from Lamar Jackson, from Patrick Queen, from John Harbaugh. The whole team seemingly understands that they played well against the Lions, but there are still things that they can clean up, things they can improve. And that mindset is dangerous in a good way, a good dangerous for the Ravens as they look to continue their momentum. So we're going to talk about some players the Ravens could add that could potentially make them unstoppable offensively defensively some big splash moves they could make that we'll get more into the Ravens and Lions game talk about how the Ravens offense found their stride a little bit in that week seven win and then we'll get into a Lamar Jackson conversation because there's been some conversation about Lamar and some people starting to backtrack a little bit so we'll, we'll talk about Lamar we did it yesterday about the MVP race but we'll do it a little bit more in a little more detail today so let's talk about some trades here the trade talk is always fun right I think for me, with this Ravens team, they they have a window, as every team does. But there are a couple of different windows that you can look at with this team. Because with Baltimore, they're going to have some decisions to make this offseason with some of their young talent, right? Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Patrick Queen, Justin Matabike, Geno Stone, Malik Harrison. Those are all guys in contract years on the defensive side of the ball that you're going to have to look at and maybe lose one or two of them. I'm sure that the Ravens would love to have all three or four, depending on where you kind of rank Malik Harrison in this back. But Geno Stone is the NFL's interception leader right now. Justin Matabike has five and a half sacks. Patrick Queen playing lights out football. They have a window. And I'm not saying that the Ravens, they have to win this year or they're done. Obviously, they've done a great job of drafting and developing at certain positions and even if they were to lose one or two of those guys I just listed, they'd be okay. But this window of, oh, well, you have all these guys on rookie contracts right now, and they're balling out in contract years. 
it's going to become a little expensive to retain those guys. So if you want to make a splash to add a guy this year in a league that has so much parity right now, every team has had bad losses, Ravens included. Obviously, we've talked about them here on this show. But every single team this season has uh, what you what you would classify as a bad loss. So if you were the Ravens, where would your need be? I think for me, and this is something I've talked about, for me, I think the, the positions that get brought up are cornerback, edge, running back, wide receiver, offensive line. To me, I think corner would be the one that I'd go after. And we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday. I, I did both here on Lockdown Ravens and on Bleacher Report. I think that with the Ravens and what their depth situation is at other certain positions, I think they're okay running back-wise. Now, Keaton Mitchell, John Harbaugh, gave an update, said that he's week to week. From what it sounded like, I'm not trying to put words in John Harbaugh's mouth, from what it sounded like, probably doesn't have that good of a shot to play this week, but they're going to take it week by week and see how it goes. Saquon, Derrick Henry, those guys would make the Ravens unstoppable on offense, right? Those would be those big splash moves offensively. Now, the Giants, the Saquon deal doesn't, seem to be happening I, I don't think the Giants will trade him he, it'd be awesome if the Ravens were to make a move for Saquon but I, I just don't think the Giants want to move him Derrick Henry does seem like the more realistic option there and what would it take to get a Derrick Henry we just saw Kevin Byard traded yesterday from the Titans to the Eagles it seems like the Titans are embracing tanking a little bit now I don't want to accuse or anything right but they're moving on with some of their veterans and I think embracing a rebuild is what I'll say. I'll word that a little better and say rebuild instead of tank. But I think that Derrick Henry could be had and could be had for a decently solid price. And we talked about Derrick Henry with Mark Clayton last week. So that would be something to monitor. But I think again, Kevin Byard going for a fifth rounder and a sixth rounder in Terrell Edmonds. Could the Ravens get Derrick Henry for, I don't know, a fourth? Maybe, right? That could, that could be an option. I think with Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield, it would be it would be unstoppable. That, that would be ridiculous. And no, I know that we're not talking about Derrick Henry from 2019 or something, right? Not like prime, prime Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry is still really good at football. Still one of the best running backs in the league. So, hey, you know what? I, I'd be all on board with that. The conversation that we had yesterday about wide receivers, I still think rings true where I just don't know where anyone would play outside of Devontae Adams, where if, if Devontae Adams would become available, that would make the Ravens, I think, unstoppable as well because you're adding Adams into an offense already with Zay Flowers and Odo Beckham. I feel like Rashad Bateman would kind of have to be in that trade because do you make Bateman your number four wide receiver? I, I mean, you could. I mean, we don't really know what this future for Odell holds after this season. There are questions, you know, Nelson Aguilar is on a one-year deal as well. So what, what does that do for Baltimore's long-term prospects of the position outside of Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman if he stays? But that'd be a really good one for Baltimore. It would probably cost them at least one first-round pick and Rashad Bateman maybe. But We've seen all these other teams, as we've talked about for years on Locked on Ravens, go out and get big-time wide receivers in trades for their quarterbacks. 
And while I think it was a step in the right direction to go out and sign Odo Beckham Jr. to a huge deal in free agency, I think this would be, you know, Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL still. Odell is fine, right? Odell is a fine veteran wide receiver, but he hasn't necessarily lived up to the expectations we've seen so far or we've we've expected from him so far. So Devontae Adams, I think, would be very interesting in this offense and make them really, really good and continue to build off what they did in Detroit. Guys like Jerry Judy, I don't think make a lot of sense for the Ravens right now. I, I get he's talented, and I think that you know him in Denver is just not a great fit. But again, where do you play him? Because you still have Odell and Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman and Nelson Aguilar. Where, where do you put Jerry Judy? Where do the snaps come? Where do the targets come? That's going to be super interesting, so I don't necessarily know what would happen there. But Jerry Judy in these mid-level wide receivers – those aren't those needle-moving moves that would say, oh, yeah, Jerry Judy makes the Ravens unstoppable. I don't think that would be the case. I think a guy like Devontae Adams in his star power would make the Ravens unstoppable. Offensive line is very hard to trade for in season. I think that every team needs it. Every team needs offensive line help right now, especially depth. And Baltimore's offensive line is coming off a really, really good game. So, of course, you want to add quality offensive line depth wherever you can. But – I don't know. I think offensive line-wise, I'd be shocked to see a move offensive line-wise for Baltimore. But coming up in the second part of the show, we'll round out some trades that will make the Ravens unstoppable, this time, though, defensively. And also, we'll get into how the Ravens offense found their stride against Detroit in Week 7. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll have to get to Unlocked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, having a potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps to find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I've had a ton of success over on LinkedIn and a ton of great experiences, whether it be looking for stuff over there for myself, for friends, for family members. It's been great to have LinkedIn as a resource and so many other people share that. Plus, it's really easy to create a free job post over on LinkedIn. All you have to do is add your job on the pro hashtag hiring fam to your profile. And spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools they can use to like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences to completely prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And plus, it's really important to both start and end the year strong, and the right team member might be able to help you do that. It's why small businesses rate Linden Jobs number one, delivering quality hires, resetting competitors. Linden Jobs has to find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster with your job free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL to push your job free company this is apply. And this episode is brought to you by Price Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than prize picks and on prize picks it's the most fun so many have happening up to 25 times of their money this football season all you have to do is select two or more players pick more or less on the projected stats and place your entry plus they have quick withdrawals easy gameplay and enormous selection of players and stat types that's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app and for week eight there's a ton you can pick from for the ravens maybe you want to go Lamar Jackson for more than his projected yard total or maybe more than his projected touchdown total. Maybe say Flowers, you want to look at him for more than his projected yard total. There are so many things you can do over on Prize Picks. Plus, they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, which each Tuesday Prize Picks discounts like their projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Plus, with the Prize Picks reboot policy, aren't you staying in play even if one of your players gets injured, which is really cool. So for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform 
with injury insurance. Plus, PrizePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to pricepix.com slash LockdownNFL and use code LockdownNFL for a personal deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepix.com slash LockdownNFL and use code LockdownNFL for a personal deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, Deadly Fantasy Sports Made Easy. We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still talking with you here. Talking trades, we're one week from Halloween, which means one week from the NFL trade deadline. And we talked offensively in that first segment about trades that can make the Ravens unstoppable. But I want to focus defensively in the second segment. And I think that's honestly where I'm focusing more for the Ravens anyway. Because we talked all offseason about the Ravens' biggest needs. And really what popped up was corner and edge. And we talked about that for months and months and months, the Ravens have a lot of late signings at both those positions, Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, Arthur Millette, Ronald Darby, Rocky Asian even, who, who wasn't as late, but still after the draft. And I think now we've seen them get such good production out of a lot of those players they've added late, plus just production out of other guys they had on their roster anyway before the season started. They were kind of thinking, well, do they really need to make a move? But I think that, either one of those positions, you could make a move for a guy that would make them unstoppable defensively because they're already playing so well. I mean, we can start off with edge and then move to corner. Guys we've talked about before, such as Brian Burns and Neil Hunter, those are probably your your big moves. Now, the Vikings ended up winning against San Francisco last night, so who knows what Minnesota's game plan is in terms of competing. I, I don't necessarily know Justin Jefferson's still on IR, but it was an impressive win against San Francisco nonetheless, even though, you know, home game and San Francisco is missing Debo Samuel. But hey, you know what? Again, the Vikings are missing their top wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. So I don't know if the Vikings want to move to Neil Hunter. He had a sack in this game, but I don't know. He, he'd be one of those pieces that you're probably looking at a second and a fourth maybe that you move, but he'd, he'd be so good in this Ravens defense. Brian Burns is a guy. Carolina is struggling this season. He's up for a contract. I don't know if Carolina wants to move it and accumulate more draft capital assets, especially after moving up for Bryce Young. They don't have a first rounder or their own at least this season. So do they want to add another first rounder to their books? Brian Burns would be incredible. Again, those are those needle moving moves. You could talk about other edge players like a Chase Young or a Derek Barnett or, or those types of guys, but they're not moving the needle. The, the unstoppable moves, they, they'd have to move a needle in that direction. And I just don't think that a guy like uh, Derek Barnett or a Chase Young does that, but the Neil Hunter does it and Brian Burns does it where you're giving up that premium draft cap capital. You're making a splash if you're the Ravens. And this could be the year to do it. Again, we saw them make the move for Roquan Smith last trade deadline, where I don't think a lot of people expected them to part with a second round pick plus a fifth rounder and a player for him. But I think we've seen the Ravens start to do things that we haven't really seen over the course of their career. Something we've talked about over the past couple of days with the void years. That was something that was something the Ravens never did. And now they're doing it with multiple different contracts, chopping off years on deals and adding this and getting rid of that. They're doing a lot more contractually, but then also being more willing to part with the draft capital. Now, I don't know if that would extend into the Ravens being willing to part with a first rounder or even multiple first rounders for these guys. But with the Ravens edge depth situation right now, I feel a lot better about it where if they weren't to make the move for an edge guy, 
You still have Jadavian Clowney. You still have Kyle Van Noy, right? You still have a lot of solid options overall. But there's no doubt that Brian Burns would become the best pass rusher on this team. Daniel Hunter would become the best pass rusher on this team. And that makes it scary, I think, for other teams because Clowney's playing so well. Van Noy is playing so well. Owe came back and had a major impact. Hopefully Baltimore gets David Ajabo and Tyus Bowser back at some point. I know John Harbaugh said yesterday there wasn't really any updates or resolutions on that Bowser situation, which is something to monitor. But I still think that'd be really good for him. But I think I'd kind of focus on corner, which is something I talked about yesterday, again, both here on the show and on Bleacher Report, because the Ravens love three cornerback rotations plus a healthy guy in the slot. I will take it back again to the Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, and Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith. This would be like, again, Pat Sertan would be the big needle moving move, right? Like that would be, oh, boom, you're trading the first rounder, probably multiple first rounders or high level draft picks for an all pro pro bowl level corner to put next to an already all pro pro bowl level corner in Marlon Humphrey. Plus you have Brandon Stevens who's playing incredible football. These are those big time, like top 10, top five players of their position moves that would make this defense unstoppable with the way they're already playing with having Marlon and Roquan Smith and Patrick queen and Justin Manabike and Kyle Hamilton and Mark, all these guys, right? They're balling out already. But if you add another player, and it's not just for depth, like I don't want to say, oh, Pat Sertan would be a depth piece. Like obviously he wouldn't be. But let's say Marlon has to miss some time again with an injury. Brandon Stevens goes down. It gives you a lot more confidence to instead of turning to Ronald Darby, who's played well this year, but instead of turning to him or Rakyasin, you can turn to Pat Sertan and be like, all right, all pro Pro Bowl level guy, go out there and fill in. And he'd be playing snaps anyway but it's just another guy you could have out there. So more realistic options would be, again, Dante Jackson maybe from Carolina. I've, I've always liked him as a player. Maybe that's the move they make. But they have other options if they don't want to make these big needle-moving splash plays and just add maybe a depth piece here. There, Rasul Douglas would be another one of those guys. But they have opportunities if they really want to maximize this window. It, it's it's a one-year window in terms of you're going to have Patrick Queen and Justin Medebike and Geno Stone and all those guys on rookie deals. But obviously, it's a multi-year window, and if you add one of those big pieces, you want to have them as a long-term part of your future, at least a multi-year part of your future, so it wouldn't just be a one-year rental, I'd assume. It's the same conversation with Roquan when they made that deal. Why would you make that deal if you didn't have plans on extending him? Obviously, we saw the Ravens do that. But coming up in the final part of the show, we will talk about the offense finding their stride. We will talk about Lamar Jackson and that big Week 7 Detroit win, so be sure to stay tuned. So much to get to still on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And there have been plenty of times where I've had frustrating ticket buying experiences. Sometimes I wasn't sure if the seats were good. Sometimes I couldn't find last minute tickets. And sometimes there were just no good deals in general. But you shouldn't have to worry about that when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and in the Baltimore area, Baltimore obviously traveling to play Arizona this upcoming week in week eight, but they return home to play the Seattle Seahawks in week nine. So you can look into game time to get tickets for that. They have a ton of concerts in the area as well, which is awesome. Plus game time is great because they have last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Plus it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have views from all the seats in your venue. Plus they have a lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection, job loss protection, 
and more. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you a complete peace of mind when you purchase. They're all in prices, show your total upfront so you know what you're getting in a great deal without the hidden fees. Plus, they're obsessed with finding your ways to help save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right at the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats as well. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockdownNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply and create an account and redeem code LockdownNFL, spelled L O C K E D O N NFL, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still talking with you here on this Tuesday. I appreciate everybody again for tuning in here and making us your first listen each and every day. You can, again, subscribe for free, audio form and video form. It's the same show either way, so you're not missing out. If you want to maybe watch one day or listen another, you can do that and kind of rotate in and out how you listen to Locked On Ravens here but we talk trades and, you know, we'll continue doing that right up to the trade deadline. And of course, if the Ravens make a big move, we will go live and talk about it. And you can comment in the chat below. Those live streams are always awesome to be able to engage with the chat. But we do have to talk about the Detroit game a little bit more, right? It was a 38 to 6 stomping of the Lions by the Ravens. And the offense found their stride, which I think was the most important part in multiple different ways. One, you know, we, we talked about Lamar a ton because Lamar deserves it. He played really, really well through for over 350 yards, had the three touchdowns, was dialed in, was making stuff happen. The offensive line played really well, though. They, they played great. I think there was a lot of conversation, especially in recent weeks, about how they were performing. Ronnie Stanley especially. Ronnie Stanley stepped up big time in this game. We saw great reps from Tyler Linderbaum and Kevin Zeitler, Morgan Moses, John Simpson. All those guys played really well and kept Lamar upright. The Lions didn't have a sack in this game. The Lions had no sacks. And and part of it was Lamar doing his thing and escaping, right? But we have to give credit where credit is due to that offensive line, just like we're giving credit here to Lamar Jackson as well for what he he was able to do. And it was that full, consistent 60-minute effort, the complimentary football that we saw so much from him and from this offense last year and in years prior. I think it wasn't as consistent as when we kind of looked at him. Like that 2019 season, it was always complimentary because the defense was playing really well after that week, that weird week three, week four stretch. But the defense had kind of been dragging this offense across the finish line this season. This offense left no doubt about where this game was here. The Lions are one of the best teams in the NFC. They're going to run away, I think, in my opinion, with that NFC North. And it was a big test for both teams. Baltimore, though, came out and dominated from the opening whistle to the final whistle. And that was what a lot of people were looking for because the Lions came in as a top 10 unit in both rushing and passing defense. And it was, a, it was a big test, but the Ravens stepped up to that test. They averaged 5.4 yards on the ground, and the defense did their job too. But it's an overall game that gives you so much confidence moving forward. Now, you, again, you can't get too high. You can't get too low on this whole thing. And Lamar was kind of the leader of that. The Ravens posted John Harbaugh's locker room speech after the game, you know, which, you know, he was praising everybody, giving game balls out. And he, he mentions Lamar at the end, and Lamar comes up, and – he, he just doesn't look happy. Like he, he looks mad. He, he looks determined and locked in. Like he wants this so badly. And he's a guy that, again, I don't think gets the respect that he deserves. That There are a lot of instances of this where, again, the Ravens blow out the Browns 28 to three, right? It was the, all, all week. The talking point was, oh, well, 
the Browns have the best defense in the league and, and Miles Garrett this, Miles Garrett that. Lamar doesn't have this like 350-yard day. It was 186 yards passing, but he played really well. But the narrative was, oh, he didn't throw for over 300 yards, let alone over 200, and so he didn't play that well. But that is, it's not the case. People who watch box scores, I don't think, understand the greatness of Lamar Jackson. I think the Pittsburgh game is another really big thing for that, too, where you look at that game, Lamar comes into that. I think he was second in completion percentage when he came into that one, and his receivers drop eight passes, essentially, seven passes. But people look at the box score and say, oh, look, Lamar didn't throw a touchdown in that game. And he had an interception in that game when in reality, his receivers let him down. So some of the discourse around Lamar, especially I know that there's been a lot of conversation recently about is Lamar worth the money? Obviously, the answer is yes. But there's just been some some talking points about that. Lamar is 100 percent worth the money. And, and when narratives like that come out after games like Pittsburgh, where he was let down. He played really well, but he was let down by his receivers. And then a couple weeks later, it's, oh, well, he threw for over 350 yards. Because, again, we wouldn't be having this, or not we would be, because, you know, we watch Lamar and everything. But other people wouldn't be having that conversation, wouldn't be talking about how good he played if he had 200 yards passing and two passing touchdowns even if he was dicing up the lines the exact same way. So I think that's where the frustration comes. Lamar deserves respect, right? Like that that's always been the case. And when you talk about the MVP again, I think it's a little unfair to Lamar that, you know, he doesn't rank in the top 10 in passing yards, but he's doing it with efficiency and efficiency to me matters more than pure passing yards because in this offense, it's not that Lamar can't do it. We literally saw him do it yesterday, but in this offense, he's probably never going to have that like, oh, he's throwing for 400 yards consistently every single game because the Ravens don't need him to do that. I mean, I'm sure that if they just said, you know what, Lamar, go air out that football, he he could probably do something of that sort. I'm not saying every single game, right? But he isn't going to be a guy that throws for all those passing yards because that's just not how the Ravens offense is built. They want to utilize the run game. They want to utilize the short and intermediate games as well. It's not like Lamar is airing it out deep every single play. So I think that this Lions game showed a lot where the passing offense was humming and hitting on all cylinders. The Steelers game was an outlier in terms of drops too. You know, we haven't really seen that outside of that Pittsburgh game. It all just kind of happened in that one game. And hopefully it stays that way. We don't have to talk about the drops again. But to me, I was very impressed with the way that Todd Munkin started off this game, the way that he started throwing in the trickeration throughout the game. I mean, it started early with that Odell play. We saw a flip to Keaton Mitchell, a couple others as well. Mark Andrews was dialed in. Gus Edwards had a huge run. Same with Patrick Ricard on a reception. Everybody was doing their part offensively, and it culminated into a dominant showing against a really, really good Lions football team. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. I appreciate everybody for tuning in again. Be sure to stay tuned and keep it locked in here on Locked on Ravens. Coming up tomorrow, more Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.